Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Come on, I think we can give Him some good praise right now. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah! 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 God is good. God is good. Before you're seated, why don't you turn around, say hi to a few of your neighbors, tell them it's good to see them at church today. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. God is good all the time. Amen, amen. All right, good to see everybody. So glad you're here. On this holiday weekend, tomorrow, we will celebrate Independence Day, amen, in this country. Can I hear a good amen from somebody? It all began 246 years ago, when on July 4th, 1776, the Continental Congress adopted the Declaration of Independence. It was signed on August the 2nd. 19 or 1776 and these men and their families they paid a tremendous price for our freedom matter of fact I encourage you to research their stories many of them uh, are quite compelling the 56 who signed our declaration of independence that August day they knew they were risking everything when they did it and if they won the war with the British there was going to be years and years of hardship as a struggling nation. If they lost, they were certainly going to face the hangman's noose for their treason. Amen. And yet, in the Declaration of Independence, where it says, We herewith pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They did exactly that. Amen. Now... I could, uh, I could tell you about the losses that they suffered, but there were many others, thank you, that suffered losses during that era. It was a different day. It was a different generation. And we should, uh, we should be thankful today, amen, for every sacrifice that was made in an effort, <coughs> excuse me, to gain not only our freedom, but also the, all the religious liberties that we enjoy in this land today, Amen. So not only here on, excuse me, not only here on July 4th weekend, but Veterans Day, Memorial Day, we choose to recognize the sacrifice uh, that brought us here to this day. Amen. So thank God for that. Now, without reading the laundry list, I think we can all readily acknowledge, though, that there's still a lot of work to be done in this land that we call home. Amen. There's still a lot of stuff that's broken that needs to be fixed. There's still a lot of systems that need to be corrected. There's still a lot of things going on that we think that, that we cannot just turn uh, a deaf ear to or a blind eye. 
But I'm still grateful that we live in a land where we can uh, worship the way we want to. We can live where we want to. Come on, we can work where we want to. And I'm thankful to know that we got to remember that freedom is not free. Sacrifices have been made because people understood that liberty and freedom for all are much more important than just personal security. And those early signers of the Declaration, they fulfilled their pledge, they paid the price, and freedom was born. Amen. So don't forget, no matter how flawed this country is, we are still a nation and our desire ought to be to become one nation under God. Amen. Now hear me, that's not mixing Christianity and patriotism together. That's actually a principle from the scripture. Psalm chapter 33 and verse 12 tells us, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. Amen. So when we all come together as a body of believers and we understand that God is our Lord, amen, that we serve him, that we're gathered unto him, we're all going to be more blessed because of it. Now, that's what we celebrate the fourth for. Remembering the price that was paid and celebrating our freedom as a nation. Revolutionary War journalist Thomas Paine wrote this. He said, what we obtain too easily, we value too lightly. It is the cost that gives value. I want you to know, I think that not only applies to the liberties we enjoy as people, but I think it also has to do with our spiritual liberty as well. We need to understand and remember that what we obtain too easily, we value too lightly. But there was a cost that was paid that gives the salvation experience the value that we have. Now, let me jump on into what I want to talk about today. Two weeks ago, we celebrated two holidays. Father's Day, and most everybody knows what Father's Day is about. But also, there was a brand new federal holiday this year that was celebrated nationwide called Juneteenth. And you may or may not know what that's all about. July 4 is a day that we celebrate our freedoms as a nation. But Juneteenth is a holiday that's intended to celebrate the freedom of an entire group of people who had no freedom at all at that time. And that was the slaves living here in America. Now, even though in 1776, we signed a document called the Declaration of Independence, which declared our freedom as a nation, almost 100 years later, there was still an entire people group that were living in forced slavery. We declared independence, but the independence didn't stretch to everybody. Come on, let's just be real about it. Amen? Now... Juneteenth is a holiday that commemorates the end of slavery in the United States on June 19, 1865. Now, if you're a history buff, you might be scratching your head saying, well, I thought that uh, slavery ended on January 1, 1863, with the signing, let's see how smart we are, with the signing of what? There we go, the Emancipation Proclamation. Some of you paid attention in class, Amen. Now, it should have been the beginning of freedom, but it wasn't. So what's the deal? Well, in Texas, the slaves had not been told of their new liberation. All of the terms of the Civil War had not been put in place in Texas, amen, and the slaves there had not been told that they had been emancipated. 
There was no internet. There was no World Wide Web. There was no cable news. The news didn't spread that fast. Now, if I was to trip over this monitor and fall on the platform, there's a really good chance that before I even got to my car, a video clip of that would have gone viral. Ah, look at this guy. <laughs> I mean, there's a really good chance. News sometimes is faster than we can even get out of the building to express the news, right? That was not the case back then. They had legally been set free two and a half years before they actually knew that they were free. <clears throat> even though they had been declared free men and women, Hear me, they were still living as slaves because they did not know the truth about their situation. They didn't know the truth that Abraham Lincoln had legally set them free. They didn't know the truth that over 360,000 Union soldiers had given their lives to make their freedom a reality. They didn't know the truth because those who held them in bondage did not want them to be free. Come on, if you were waiting on a slave owner to tell you you were free, you were going to be waiting a long time. See, it was not until General Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas, bringing the good news of their freedom, that the news then began to spread like wildfire across the state about their freedom. So here's what I want you to understand today, and I'm going to unpack this today. The truth doesn't set you free. Somebody paid attention at 9 o'clock. See, the truth was they had been emancipated two and a half years before. That's the truth. But it's the truth that you know that sets you free. Amen. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm getting a little help at 11 o'clock today. Woo! You're going to give this preacher a little wind in his sails. See, if the Declaration of Penance had been done secretly and kept silent, amen, no one would have known that freedom had been declared. There would not have been a war of the colonies against Britain. And who knows, we would all still be speaking the king's English and having a spot of tea today. <laughs> amen. No one would have fought for their freedom if they didn't know the truth. If the slaves in Texas had not finally been told that they had been emancipated and were now free, they would have continued to live in their bondage. And I'm going to tell you right now, if our world does not find out about the saving power of Jesus Christ, they are not going to be set free either. Here's my sermon today. Know the truth. Know the truth. Jesus said, in John chapter 8 and verse 33. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Amen. Kevin Cole, I'm so glad to have my amen cornerback. Woo! Again, the truth doesn't set you free. The truth that you know is what sets you free. 1776 was significant because of the Declaration of Independence. 1863 was significant because of the Emancipation Proclamation. But 2,000 years ago, there was a, a, a freedom that was bought for you and I at Calvary's cross, amen, that set in freedom, set in motion the freedom of millions of people around this world. But hear me, tragically, many people we come in contact with every day are still living as slaves because nobody has told them the good news. 
They're living day in and day out, surviving as best they can without eternity in mind. You think you got it tough? Imagine doing all you're trying to do without having Jesus as your compass, without having God as your guide. But also, and I want to drill down on this a little bit today. This is what the Holy Spirit wanted me to talk about today. There's a lot of Christians who have heard the good news, but they're still not living in their freedom. There are too many emancipated Christians that are still living like slaves to the devil. Oh, I want to help you here today. Can you imagine the freed slaves in Texas? Let's say it's the ones who are in Galveston. After hearing the good news and and leaving that city and walking down the streets and going down the lanes and going into the surrounding areas, can you imagine them passing other slaves who were still sweating in the fields and not telling them the news? How ridiculous. The newly freed slaves, no, they wouldn't be silent. They would be shouting to everybody, you're free. The war is over. Come on, you don't have to live this way anymore. The slave masters are lying to you. They have no more authority in your life. And I want to tell somebody right now, as a former slave to sin, who has now been set free by the blood of Jesus, I want to tell some Christian, you don't have to live this way anymore. Come on, the devil doesn't have authority in your life anymore. He that the Son is set free is what? Come on, you're free indeed. Somebody give him a praise in this house. Oh, hallelujah. You are free. The war has been won. You don't have to live this way anymore. The devil, the slave master, he's lying to you. He has no more authority in your life. You need to know that truth. You need to live in that truth. You need to walk in that truth. Come on, somebody needs to shout, I'm free. I'm free. See, let me tell you what some truth is. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. Come on. I once was in darkness, but now I'm in light. Amen. I once was a liar and a thief, but now I walk in truth and righteousness. I'm not perfect, but I am forgiven. Hallelujah. I came to remind somebody that if you want to live free, you got to know that you are free. Remember that if you are a child of God, if you are a born-again believer, you are, A-R-E, free. Now, can you also imagine with me for a moment, if you had been one of those slaves living in Texas at that time, hearing the shouts, you're free. Go. Live your life. Can you imagine one of them saying, you know what? That's not for me. You know, I've really gotten accustomed to the bondage. I'd have to change my lifestyle. I'd have to do things differently. So I think I'm just going to stay here, and I'm always going to do what I've always done until I just die in the dirt as a slave. No, sir. Hear me. Jesus didn't just die to cover your sins. I want to help you right now. He died for us to live victoriously. Look at this verse, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. I don't want you to miss this. It is for what? 
freedom that Christ hath set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Hear me. Christ did not set you free so you could relapse. It is for freedom that he set you free. He set you free to live a life of freedom and not bondage. A life of victory and not defeat. Stand firm then. The Bible says know that truth. Walk in it. Live in it. Here's what John chapter 8 verse 36 says. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If you have been set free by Jesus, you will be free indeed. And part of your freedom as a child of God has to do with what you confess and profess with your mouth. Amen. Hear me. The new birth of water and spirit that that Jesus described in John chapter 3. It's a doorway into a new way of life. A transformed life. A changed life. When you become born again of the water and spirit, you enter into a brand new world. Every part of your life is affected. Your body, your mind, your emotions, they're all influenced by that transformation. Salvation is more than just a single experience, a one-time occurrence. It is a way of life. See, but instead, some of us, we just take trips down memory lane to that initial experience. That experience, though, becomes the foundation upon which a transformed, victorious life is built. When you got saved, you didn't cross the finish line. You entered the race. See, that's the truth that we need to know. We are sons and daughters of God. We are learning and growing in the knowledge and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is a great change, a transformation that takes place when you are set free. Now, I, I want to read a verse to you, Romans chapter 6 and verse 6. I'm going to drill down on this. It says what? We know, everybody say we know, that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. Why? So that sin might lose its power in our lives, resulting in what? We are no longer slaves to sin. Some of us are living like slaves, but we've been emancipated from our slavery. Come on. Some of us are still dabbling in sin when it is the will of God for us to be free from our sin. So you've got to know the truth that your old sinful self was what? Crucified with Christ. And because of that, sin has lost its power in your life. And then you've got to remember your emancipation. We are no longer slaves to sin. We, you need to write in your Bibles if you have a paper Bible with you. We are no, I am emancipated by that verse. I am set free. Now hear me. The Bible uniquely refers to our old life before Christ. The ungenerated life. Uh, that, uh, that sinful condition, it calls it the old man. Now that's not talking about your husband, Amen. It's talking about our old life. And it says in, pl- in place of that, we are given the, the, the identity of being a new man. We are told to put off the old man, to put on the new man. Ephesians 4, Colossians 3, read those chapters. You can read about some of the deeds of the old man that we're to put off. Now hear me, this is where the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, steps in to help us. Because in our own power, you and I are unable to remove the works of the flesh. 
Come on, you know it's true, amen. Sin's control over our lives, but we are not operating under our own power anymore. That's what I want to talk about today. You need to know the truth that you are set free. Now hear me. This is what I want to talk about. In Christianity, we don't have a freedom problem. We have an identity problem. Come on. Too many believers are walking around defeated because they've, they've forgotten their identity. Your identity is not only who you are, but it's who you proclaim and profess to be. Amen. Now, let me be specific about something here today that the Holy Spirit told me to drill down on. And some of you might not like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's going to set somebody free if you apply. Here's what you got to do. You got to quit saying things like, I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm in bondage to pain pills. Now, let me just, I'm going to just talk to you. For, I hear this from believers all the time. And I know what they mean. Let's talk about addiction for a minute. What they mean is I have addictive tendencies. Or I've got addictive proclivities. Or, or I've got an addictive personality. I get that. But hear me. And hear the word of the Lord. If Christ has set you free, you are free indeed. Amen. You, I'm looking at the camera. You are no longer an addict anymore. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Let the word of God be true and every man a liar. You are a child of God set free from the power of sin. You need to stop self-identifying by your weakness or by your pre-Christ condition. Let me say that again. You need to stop self-identifying by your weakness, by your struggle, by your pre-Christ condition. Stop saying you're an alcoholic. Now, some of y'all, again, I, I know this flies in the face of some of these programs. I'm just going to say it again. Stop saying you're an alcoholic. You might be in recovery. You may be working on your sobriety. You might have chips in your pocket one year, five years. That's great. You might be an NA. You might be an AA. You might be a celebrate recovery. Whatever it is, praise God if you are. Hear me, get all the support and help and strength that you can get, amen? But hear me, you've got to stop identifying with who you were before you found Jesus. Know the truth and speak it. Stop self-identifying with who you were B.C. before Christ. If, because what did the Bible say? If the Son sets you free. That's the big condition here. Not the program, not the counselor, not if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Can I dig it out a little bit deeper here? Stop saying I'm always sick. Stop saying I'm always depressed. Stop saying I'm always gonna be broke. Stop saying I'm always gonna have a bad marriage. Come on. You need to stop professing the weakness or the brokenness in your life and start speaking the truth of God's word in your life. Come on, this ought to get a rousing response from believers everywhere. Stop saying my life is never going to change. Stop saying I'm always going to be a loser. 
Stop saying I'm never going to get ahead. Stop saying people are always going to hold me back. Stop saying I'm always going to be the victim. Because if you always say you're going to be the victim, you're always going to be the victim. See, some of you are speaking death and not life. Know the truth and speak life. Some of you are speaking defeat instead of victory. Stop it. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop it. Just stop it. There was an old skit. I can't remember who it was. This was way, way. Carol Burnett and whatever the guy was. And he was a counselor, and she's coming in for counseling and telling all the problems. And he just looks at her. He's the counselor, and he goes, uh, just stop it. He's like, wait a minute. What, what about it? He said, no, 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 just, just stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. That might not be the best advice if you're a counselor. But I'm going to tell you, if you're a Christian, sometimes you just got to stop speaking death. So you can start walking in life. Ah, pastor, you keep saying that, you keep saying that, but my counselor said, but my support group said, but my ex-husband said, let me tell you what the Bible says. By the way, quit getting your theology from your support group or your sponsor. Here's what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new, everybody say it, come on, new creation. Old things are what? Passed away, behold, all things, some things, a few things, no, all things are become new. New Living Translation, same verse, are you ready? This means, here it is, anyone who belongs to Christ. Anyone means everyone who belongs to Christ. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become what? A repaired person. A duct-taped person. A band-aid person. A new person. Amen. What, and it goes on. It breaks it. The old life is. Woohoo! It's gone. And a new life has begun. That's why. Can I just be real honest? If you haven't figured it out yet. i got a real problem. With always telling people that they are what their weakness is. Because if you are a child of God, you are not what your weakness is. You are not. Anyone who belongs to Christ, you become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Let me drill it down. You are not an alcoholic. You are not an addict. You are somebody hear the word of the Lord. You are not a liar. You are not a cheat. You are not an adulterer. You are not addicted to pornography. Speak life over yourself. Come on. You are not a sex offender. Come on. The cops may still have you labeled as one. Labeled as one. The neighborhood watch might have you. The state registry might still call you one. But if you are a child of God, that is not who you are. That's who you used to be. Woo! Help us, Holy Ghost. Come on, Jesus either saves all the way or he doesn't save at all. And either the word of God is true or it's a lie. Jesus doesn't band-aid and duct tape you together. He makes you a new creation. That's why you need to walk in the spirit. 
That's why every time the devil starts whispering those lies in your, you say, they're not lies, they're who you used to be. It's a lie because that's who you used to be. You're not that anymore. Well, I still slip up and fall in those areas of my life. That's all right. You just got to get up, repent of your sin. Come on. And that, let me just say right here. That's another problem that we have. It's my weakness. It's my struggle. It's my Achilles heel. It's the caveat that makes me. No, no, no. Sometimes we just need to get real and call it what it is. It's a sin. And we got to confess it. We got to repent it of it. We got to get up and wipe the dust off and say, you know what? I'm still a child of God and I'm going to keep on going in Jesus' name. We got to stop believing those lies. Hallelujah. Are there any ex-addicts in this house who can give a shout right now? Come on now. Are there any ex-alcoholics in this house right now that can clap your hands? Come on, are there any ex-Pharisees in this house who can say, God has set me free of my religious uh, bondage? Come on, are there there any ex-atheists in this house? We live in a world and in a system, a spiritual counterculture that would like to remove, oh man, I forgot to set my timer. Y'all in trouble now. That would like to remove the fact that there still are absolute truths that we must believe and fight for. Come on, it's the voice of this age. There are no absolute truths. By the way, next time somebody tells you there's no absolute truths, ask them this. Are you absolutely sure? (laughs) They can't answer it. You're going to mess them up. They're going to walk away like, "Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, if I admit that there are, hold on a minute. Of course there's still absolute truths. But what we're doing is we've let a lie change the fact that we know the truth. Paul addressed it to the Galatians. This isn't new. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. Listen to what the words of the Apostle Paul said. I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God. Who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. Now check this out. He didn't say you've become atheists. He didn't say you become devil worshipers. He didn't say you went back to your old life. He's Look at what he said. You're following a different way that pretends to be the good news. He said, but it's really not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one that we preached to you. I say again what we've said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one that you welcomed, let that person be accursed. See, Paul didn't say you're following evil, you're following the world, you're following the devil. He said you're just caught up in a different way that pretends to be good news. It's a lie that looks like the truth. It's a watered-down version of the truth. It's just enough of Jesus to make you feel good but not change you. It's a soft gospel that placates our sin and makes us feel good about ourselves instead of being convicted to an altar of repentance. You see, we used to grow up with strong preaching like this, amen? But now people are just being, 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 I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to rub anybody the wrong. No, I want to help you get to heaven, and I want to help you live a victorious life. 
And I'm going to just be out. I don't want to just go to heaven. I want to live a good life while I'm still down here on earth as well. I want you to think with me about the children of Israel for a moment. Let's, let's just, when they left Egypt, they were supposed to be entering the promised land, right? They sent 12 spies into the promised land to bring back a report of the conditions uh, so they could go in and possess their promise. Two of the spies came back, gave a glowing report. Yes, we can. The other five, uh, 10 spies came back. Guess what? They didn't lie. Everything they said was true. There's giants in the land. There's walled cities. There's a whole bunch of them. There's not as many of us. They came back and they focused on the negative instead of on the truth. And you know what the truth was? God has given us this land and we are to go in and possess our territory. But they focused, instead of possessing their promise, they focused on the negativity of fighting for their promise. And what happened? They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years until what? Till all the naysayers died off. Decades of wandering because people focused on what was not the objective. See, the scripture strongly condemns those who call good evil and call evil good. That's why you need to know the truth. We don't get to have our own version of truth. That's a lie being sold in this generation today. Hear me. Even a lie is only a lie because truth exists. Amen. The enemy with great success, I might add, has used social media and the educational system and politicians and activists and even corrupt ministry to confuse this generation about what is truth and what is a lie. I could give you a list of items right now, but I'm not going to do that today. I don't need to. But I can tell you right now, this generation is so confused because people are scared to call out what is a lie and what is the truth. You've got to know the truth. Not knowing the truth is destroying our churches. It's destroying our children. It's destroying much of society. We don't get to just follow our emotions or our feelings or the popular trends of the day. We don't get to lay aside truth because it's inconvenient or politically incorrect or socially divisive. We as believers, we don't get to sit in the corner and suck our thumbs because we don't want to be labeled as out of touch or religious fanatics. We don't get to be silent when the world is screaming their views from the rooftop. Come on we got to get a little backbone, amen? Too many of us have wishbones instead of backbones, amen? Look what the Bible says about it, Isaiah 5 and verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, don't misconstrue what I'm saying. We don't have to be mean Christians. There ain't nothing worse than somebody who's mean-spirited, flouting the truth and flaunting what they believe is the right way. There's nothing worse than that. You're going to turn people off. Speak the truth in love. But stand for the truth. Amen? Proverbs 17 and 15 says this. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the just, both of them alike, are an abomination to the Lord. We've got to walk in truth. We've got to live in the truth. There is only one gospel, one truth, the gospel message of salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want to encourage some believers today. Stop identifying with who you were. 
Stop speaking death over your life. You are never going to get unstuck if you keep believing the lie that the devil keeps telling you about yourself. You've got to speak truth, speak life. I want the praise team and the musicians to come right now. Truth always prevails. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his truth will never pass away. It will remain the same forever. Hear me, popular opinion will never change it because truth is absolute. It is not relative. And it comes from the Lord. The Spirit will help guide you into truth if you will let him. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Tell you neighbor, you got to know the truth. You got to live the truth. You want to know why so many people are so confused today? It's really not that complicated. It's right there in the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Here's what it says. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It's not complicated, people. Look. It says it all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. That's why so many people still believe the lies about themselves. Because they don't have the Spirit of God in their life. That's why so many people just feel like they're never going to get their stuff together. Because they haven't found the hope of Jesus Christ. But for those of us who have, I want to tell you, stop believing the lies that the enemy is telling me about yourself. You need to start speaking life. And not death. You might say, well, man, I don't feel it. Who said you got to feel it? Amen? Speak life. Speak life. People who aren't spiritual can't receive the truth. But folks, those of us who are children of God, Proverbs 23 and 23 says this, buy the truth and do not sell it. (laughs) Some of you have been listening to the lies of the enemy for so long. You don't even hardly understand or recognize even when you got saved. So I want to speak right now before we open this altar to two groups of people. First of all, those of you who are not believers, maybe you're not a committed Christian. I want to invite you to take the first and most important step of your life. Repent of your sins and confess the Lord and invite him into your life today. Amen. Invite him into your life today. Ask him to be Lord of your life. And the change is going to come. Come on. If you've never been baptized, be baptized. If you're a believer and you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, be baptized in the Holy Ghost and watch your life change. The Bible says that you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, some of you right now, the reason you're still struggling so much is because you haven't been endued with that power. You need that power. You need that power. Let me just tell you, when I got saved, it's, oh man, it's been almost 40 years ago. Next month, 40 years. Wow. That's amazing since I'm only 41 years old too. Amen. August 3rd, 1982, I went down in that watery grave, was baptized, identified with the death of Christ, the burial of Jesus, the resurrection. 
August 20, 1982. I was standing, I wasn't even in the altar. I was standing right back there in the back somewhere in a chair. Not here, but where, I, where it happened. And I raised my hands. I had just gotten kicked out of school the year before in October. Hadn't been back to school since October. Got kicked out for selling drugs. 15 years old. And I raised my hands and I said, God, I'm getting ready to go back to school. When I left, I was one thing. But I want to go back a different person. And that night, I lifted my hands and I began to worship. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came upon me. And I began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Amen. And the Holy Ghost changed my life. Amen. And let me tell you something. Did I become perfect? No, absolutely not. I still struggled with a lot of stuff that I struggled with. I still struggled. I was a teenager. Teenage young man, I struggled with my hormones. I struggled with with my uh, with with my previous uh, addictions. I struggled with some of my friendships. But let me tell you what I never struggled with, and that's why I'm standing here today. I never struggled with my identity because I knew I am a child of God. Oh, he that the Son is set free is free indeed. Is free indeed. Did I mess up? Yep. But whenever I messed up, I fessed up at an altar of repentance. What did I do when I fell down? I got back up. Sometimes a little dirty, sometimes a little bruised. Sometimes I needed a little help to get up. But I got back up and I said, Jesus, I'm a brand new person. And I want to help somebody here today. The Holy Ghost sent me to tell some of you today, you've got to stop speaking the lies over your life. Some of you need to eliminate some words from your vocabulary. Words like addict. Words like alcoholic. Words like defeated. Come on. Words like I'm depressed. Words like I'm going to always be sick. Come on. Words like divorce. Words like I'll never recover. You need to replace it with I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Know the truth. So you can walk in the truth. Praise team's going to begin to sing. And I want to ask you to step out from where you are right now. And I want you to come down. I want you to say, God, I got a whole lot of stuff I got to work on. But today, as we celebrate Independence Day, God, I celebrate my emancipation. The day that you set me free from sin. And God, I want you to know, if I fall down, I'm going to get back up. No matter what it takes, I'm not going to quit. And I'm no longer going to self-identify with my weaknesses. I'm not going to self-identify with my failures. I'm going to identify as a child of God. Folks, hear me. Hear me. This is not mind over matter. This will change your life, though. Because it's an identity issue, not a freedom issue. As they begin to sing, I challenge you to step out from where you are and run down to this altar and say, God, I'm ready to live free. I'm ready to live free. Come on, would you come? Amen. Come on, that's it. I'm ready to live free. Come on, I'm not an addict. I'm not a wife beater. I don't have a sexual addiction. Come on, somebody. I'm not an adulterer. That's who I used to be, but that's not who I am. Come on, that's it. 
that I talked about two weeks ago. Did you notice the father never called him the prodigal? He just called him son. (laughs) The father never recognized him just as he's the rebel. He's the one that squandered his inheritance. He's the one that blew it. He's the one that messed up. And guess what? All that stuff was true. He just called him son. And he welcomed him with the open arms. And do you want to know why the prodigal came back home? Because he had an identity moment where he said, The servants in my father's house are living better than what I'm living right now. And I just got to get back in alignment with who I am. Come on. I just got to get back in alignment with who I am i got to get pointed back in the direction of my identity so that I can live as a son and not an outcast. And I want to tell somebody here today, every time the devil beats you up, you remind him of who you are. I am a child of God. The devil ain't so bad. Come on, the devil backslid when there wasn't even a devil. That's how trifling the devil is. Amen? I'm a child of God. Father, right now, I want to pray over us before my wife comes and closes the service. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that we would no longer accept the lies of the enemy, the lies of our ex, the lies of our co-workers, the lives of abusive parents. 
the lies of people in our past, even the lies that the devil tells us, we're not going to accept that. We're going to accept your truth. And that is that if I am in Christ, I am a new creature. The old has passed away and all things have become new. Father, every time I slip, help me to get up. Every time I hear a lie, help me to replace it with the truth. Every time I get ready to speak something negative, help me to speak something positive. Every time, God, words of defeat want to come out of my mouth, let it be words of victory. Father, help me to recognize and know the truth. Because it's not enough to have truth. i got to know it so I can walk in it and I can live in it. In Jesus' name. Let's give him a hand praise all over this house. Hey, thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future. Also, take a moment and share this with a friend. Be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church. God bless you.